Say with me the timings of the Spirit. You know, it is crucial for us not to slow down. There's so many churches that close during December. And uh, we are not one of those. There are so many churches that close their evening services. Even big mega churches, big churches close all their evening services. And um, I never understood that. Either your people, their people are lazy or, but, but, but you know, uh, I never understood that. Um, people, they, they need a break from church. But what about the people that are not on holiday, that are, that are here? So, um, so it is, uh, it is, um, it is, uh, it is always a, uh, a time. December, I feel that God does a lot of work, especially those who attend. Are you guys with me? By the end of today's service, we're going to give out, um, just remind me, we're going to give out vouchers. We do it every December. So um, we're going to be doing it this Sunday and next week Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, we're giving out vouchers. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be giving out uh, also cash gifts and so on. Just for people, I know that there's a lot of people that don't know how to put food on their table. And we will know by the Spirit if you lie or not. Okay, if, uh, if you come out here, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, 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 but um, we will detect you by the Spirit, and, uh, and if we don't, then the Holy Ghost will, and, uh, but um, people die when they steal from the church, eh? so I'm just saying, but, uh, <laughs> People think it is a joke. You die from when you steal from the church. And Ananias and Sophia dropped down dead just because they pledged an amount and they didn't give honor on a pledge. That's all. So, but anyway, light to make the atmosphere light again. We are, um, we're going to bless people. We do it every December. You know, one church, one big church, uh, maybe close by or so, really did a nasty attack on us about uh, two years ago. They put like a whole Facebook, I mean a big church, I was so gutted. They put a Facebook post out and said that we um, paying people, and this is a big church, paying people so that I can prophesy over them and that they say yes uh, every time I just prophesy and they just say yes, 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 yes. And um, you know, I'm thinking we are giving charity the month of December for us. We, we, we just love to do that. I believe, look, um, our goal ultimately, I understand that we are not there to empower people in their poverty. We are not there to, I mean, sorry, we are there to empower people out of their poverty, but we are not there to keep them in their poverty by just giving handouts. But I do believe that the church uh, must look after those who are in need. And I wish and I know we will get to a place where um, once God lifts us, once we get bigger and we have certain things established where we can do it on a much more frequent basis. When a church really moves in generosity, that church sees the hand of God on them tremendously. Um, you know, you don't need to just be in America to operate in that. I've seen churches in, in, in Africa where every service they will give 
so many things away and you see it in the book of Acts as well the Bible says they shared amongst one another everything they had and no one lacked anything it is um, it is uh, the economy of God so I really believe that's the job of the church uh, not to empower people to stay in their poverty but it gives them hope because when Jesus came um, it gives them hope you know when I drive when I see somebody by the street standing at a robot uh, a lot of people say never give to them and I don't always give because we understand there are syndicates we understand other things but sometimes the spirit can lead you to do something and uh, it is trying to be obedient to that prompting and to that burden and that is what we do as a church yes I think we have set an amount quite a large amount of what we are going to give back to our campuses It's probably close to a hundred or, or over that and um, to whoever needs what when it comes especially to food I think last year we paid off debt of people and uh, some left and then some came back you know so uh, if you think of it but uh, uh, you know um, it is whenever a church gives or when you give you are resembling God at that moment God gave his only begotten son he didn't promise his son he gave his son he didn't pledge his son he didn't speak about his son he gave he did the act and he gave his son God is a God that gives out so I believe that when we as a church we give out and we have to have structures ready some churches try to give in an area of generosity and help the poor too early and they never grow to a place where they can properly help they are priorities in the kingdom the kingdom of advancing the kingdom first is priority number one and once you have structures and systems in place then you can now feed the poor appropriately and that is always like that even even in uh, in scripture but i believe when we do it gener generously especially during this time uh, there are people there are conditions sometimes of a country that is not people's fault you know it is uh you we all can get out of it but some people don't have the means so i believe it is our part to give back but say with me timings of the spirit so we're going to do that at the end of the service and we're going to give vouchers to those who are in need so last week or two weeks ago we spoke on the burdens of the spirit um we spoke on the burdens of the spirit having a burden in your spirit to act or do something a pressing it is a knocking in your spirit man where the holy ghost it's like a conviction. Sometimes we will use the word and we'll say conviction, but it is actually not a conviction. It is a burden. It is by the tech it is the technology of how God speaks. He speaks to your spirit man. He speaks to the inward witness. And when you are kind of like disobedient, it gets stronger and it gets stronger. The more you ignore, it gets stronger until you fully ignore the act. And then God kind of like pulls back from a person. And that is where they no longer hear his voice fully. When we say we hear God, God's voice it is because we are hearing him in here are, are you guys with me at least you're responding better than centurion uh, it is because they are hearing him in here when it says that my sheep hear my voice it is because they hear him inside here a lot of people say I want to speak to me audibly give me visions it doesn't happen like that those are what we call spectacular leadings of God as a rule, God doesn't lead by spectacular leadings. He leads by the inward witness. The Bible says He leads us, those who are led by the Spirit of God or the sons of God, not those who are led by visions and dreams. Visions, dreams, the audible voice of God, encounters, trances, those things are spectacular leadings. 
It comes in two instances. By election, when you are elected and there's an election, for example, Jeremiah was called as a, formed as a prophet before his mother's womb. Before he was formed in his mother's womb, he was ordained a prophet. And when God came and spoke to him, it was by virtue of election. Then number two, it is by virtue of urgency. So if you have a child running across the road, first you tell your child, don't cross the road. You just talk to them normally. Then they ignore you and they run across the road. And now you just, oh, they're running close to the road. Now you just raise your voice a little bit. The next thing they're on the road, what are you doing? You're beginning to scream at them or you run and grab them. Now it becomes spectacular because of the urgency that requires that action. That is how God speaks. So a lot of people want God's urgency or his spectacular all the time. And they miss out on God's inward leadings and promptings. You can do so much by just being obedient with, in the world they say it's a gut feeling. That is, this, that is the, in the world, you see when you are unsaved, your spirit is dead. I'm going to say it again. Your spirit is dead. You have the Spirit of God because God breathed life into you. It is a paradox. You have the Spirit of God, but yet you don't have. So it's a paradox in Scripture. It's very difficult to explain the tripartite man and the tripartite of God. But uh, God breathed shy, breathed lives into Adam. And actually, if you see where, you, where the word shy goes, it's where we get the word chi from. But let me leave that one. Don't go play with chi. But anyway, that's actually it derives from there. Chai, lives. And the Spirit of God came into Adam and he was given life. But Adam's spirit was dead. Oh, sorry. When he fell, his death came into his spirit. And every unbeliever is dead in spirit. The moment they get saved, the Holy Spirit brings to life their spirit. So before salvation, they have a gut feeling. After salvation, they have a burden of the Spirit or a voice of the Spirit. So you have your conscience can be able to speak to you, but your conscience is not God. It's your conscience. Now the Holy Spirit can purify your conscience and your conscience can protect you. Because the Bible says He cleans our conscience from dead works. So when I'm a sinner, I cannot hear my conscience anymore. I can smoke, I can drink, I can do stuff that do evil business dealings and my conscience no longer convicts me because there's dead works in my conscience. But the moment I get saved, the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, cleanses my conscience from dead works. Now all of a sudden, I become like a child again. Somebody wants to do a bad business deal, I feel convicted because my conscience is convicting me. Are you guys with me? So people's conscience no longer convicts them because they have not listened to the burdens of the Spirit. They have not listened to the voice of the Spirit. And their conscience has become, as the Bible says, has become seared in a certain area. But they think God is okay with it because they're not hearing or feeling anything. No, no, no. Your conscience has been seared. What you need is repentance. What you need is a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need the blood to do its full work again on your conscience. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means your conscience has been seared. Are you guys with me? So I'm just explaining some spiritual realities on how things work when it comes to the promptings, the dealings, the speakings, the operations of God and the Spirit and the workings of the Spirit. 
Because believers don't even know, especially if you go to seeker-sensitive churches, they don't know how the Holy Ghost works. He is so sensitive. If you are sensitive with the Word of God, you know, if I take, Nate, give me your Bible. People overlook this Bible. And I'm specifically saying not this Bible that he's using. This Bible. Um, there's just something to it. In the, in, in, the, in the early church, they used scrolls. They had it as a book, as printed form. So I believe in printed form. I mean, phones can work now and then. But it doesn't carry things. Because you will also find out that as AI goes and so on, they'll just change something in the scripture without you even knowing it. Without you even knowing it. So, you know, when you have the word and the more you read it, I use two translations. I use King James Version for word study and then I use New Living Translation, NLT for daily reading. That's what I use. That's easy, very easy read, nice read, and very accurate, almost the most accurate right now. But uh, the more you get into the Word, the more your faculties of discernment become sensitive and accurate. So now you become ready for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Is it Hebrews chapter number 12, 5 verse 10? Uh, put on the screen Hebrews 5 verse 10 for me. Zeranu. Uh, go next verse. Huh? 14. Verse 14, I think. Okay, go next one. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. Let's read. Let's see. Listen to this. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. This is how I preach. I don't know what scriptures I put on until it comes on. Are you guys with me? Dull, say with me, dull of hearing. But this is how the Holy Spirit works. I didn't prepare this. I didn't even know that phrase, dull of hearing. So this is how rhema works. You can read something that you've read how many times before? And it is not being highlighted to you. So because we're speaking right now on the promptings, the dealings, the workings of the Spirit. I'm seeing this. It's like the Holy Ghost takes this and brings this alive for me. He says, since you have become dull of hearing... Mm. many in the church many believers have become dull of hearing they're not hearing the knockings of God in their spirit anymore next verse for though by this time you ought to be teachers already you need somebody to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God he says hey you should be teaching others yet I should come to tell you still God loves you God forgives you uh, the blood has forgiven you and cleansed you and yet you should be teachers of others why because you have become dull of hearing you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food Next verse, listen to this. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. Say with me, unskilled. In the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So I can become unskilled or skilled in this word. The Bible says, rightly dividing the word of truth. That the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. 
which means that I can become skillful in handling this word. I can become skillful by taking a verse and reading another verse that lines up with that verse. And the Spirit of God can make me use Scripture, interpreting Scripture. That is how revelation comes. It is a skill. Are you guys with me? So he says, for everyone partakes only of milk is unskilled in the Word. Meaning if you sit in a church that just preaches milk, you become unskilled in the Word of Righteousness. The Word of Righteousness, we understand, is speaking of your identity and your right standing with God. Your righteousness in God. For He is a babe. Next verse. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason, so the reason, of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He says that the faculties of the discernment, the spiritual senses, has been exercised, has been activated, and they've been exercising their spiritual senses to discern what is right and what is not right, to discern what is God and what is not God, to discern where the promptings and the dealings of the Spirit change the seasons in their lives or not. Are you guys with me? So how do I get it? By the word of righteousness, getting into solid food, getting into the word of God, it trains my spirit now to become sensitive. When I try to train my spirit to become sensitive without the word, it is witchcraft. Are you guys with me? So then you're operating in divination. It has to be the word. And... Uh, so we spoke on burdens. We spoke on uh, how a burden can come upon you and knock. And then we spoke on summons last week, if you were here. We spoke on the summons of the Spirit, where God can summon you suddenly. And it is like you are forced to do something. It's, it's like uh, you are forced to do something without doing it against your own will. Like I said, when we planted the church, there was a, uh, it was Lawrence who, we, we got, we, we planted the, before we planted the church, an angel of the Lord came to me, told me to plant the church. It worked so quickly. It happened so quickly. It was a summoning. Uh, he, Chris got Lawrence saved in a gym. Two days later, he came with his car keys, gave it to us, says, God says, I must give this. The guy's not even saved a few days. Some Christians can't even give off the 20 years of salvation. Gives us corkies. What happened? God summoned him. Are you guys with me? He didn't even know what was happening. He was just giving. Today he's still in the church, still serving God. 19 years old, around there, gave his car. We used that car for money. We sold it. We, we planted the church. It was a summoning of God. Generals are made when they are obedient to burdens, and generals live from summon to summon. People that are being used by God lives from summon to summon. It means that you understand that your life is not your own. That you've been bought with a price. And that God can do anything that He desires with you. He doesn't need your permission. He doesn't need your cooperation even. Your life is so abandoned to Him that He can take your life and summon and do something. Are you guys with me? That is the place where you want to get to with God. Then there's another level where God can speak, which is through angels. 
Now, next year we will do a series on angels, maybe February, March. We'll do a series on angels, on the working and operations of angels. Because people don't understand angels. People confuse the Holy Ghost for angels. Because we're in a prophetic church, there'll be a lot of working of angels. Just yesterday, the angel of the Lord ministered to me. I was in my room and the angel stood right next to me and began to minister to me about somebody. And I said with the person this morning, I said, this is what an angel said to me. And I said, while it was that the angel began to give me food for strength, and I'll explain to you, many of you have ate angels food and you don't even have a clue. Are you guys with me? The Bible says that an angel ministered to Elijah and said, eat this cake. And then you will go 40 days in the strength of this cake. Now, if angels minister to people and gave them food to eat in the Old Testament, they still give you food to eat today to strengthen you. People have become dull of hearing, dull of sensing, and they cannot sense even when angels are ministering to them. Are you guys with me? Or they do not carry enough light for angels to even find interest in ministering to them. Angels are beings that are made up of light, ethereal light, bodies of light. And they, this, let me say it like this, the strength of a believer in the kingdom is the degree of the light that they carry. The strength of a believer in the kingdom is by the degree of light that they carry. Are you guys with me? We don't cast out demons by an anointing. We cast out demons by light and authority. You say to a demon, come out, and they say, no, no, no. They have no authority to say no. They are just throwing a show until they will come out. Are you guys with me? But it is competing with a matter of light there. The word gives you light. The devil Lucifer understands light because his name Lucifer before he was cast out of heaven meant the light bearer, bearer of light. So he knows exactly who carries light and who doesn't. Angels know who carries light and who doesn't. Are you guys with me? So just yesterday an angel of the Lord ministered to me, stood by me and strengthened me. Strengthened my spiritual being within a few seconds. And this happens a lot to me. And then I was realizing, I was speaking to the Lord as the angel was standing with me. And I said, I said, I wonder how many people know even this happens to them or not. They don't. And he said to me, their faculties of discernment is not trained. Their senses of discernment is not trained. They don't know how to sense spiritual dealings, spiritual things. They don't even know when seasons are upon them, when God is moving, when an angel is sent to them to minister a message to them. And as the angel was standing with me, the angel said to me, he's ministering strength to another individual uh, that I told him this morning. And at that moment, they would have felt strength come into them when I had the angel with me there yesterday. Because these are spiritual realities. How does it feel when an angel ministers strength to you? When you would sit in a time of reflection or prayer or sometimes it's not really prayer because prayer we are so 
thinking, expecting certain things that we're missing God in other aspects, okay? When you're just reflecting, when you're sitting and thinking on God, when your mind is focused and stayed upon the Lord, King David says, my mind is stayed on you. When your gaze is on God, when Stephen gazed into the heavens, he saw the Lord standing at the right hand of God. He gazed into the heavens. So you can look spiritually, uh, sorry, you can look naturally, or you can gaze spiritually. So when you're in a place of reflection, when you're spending time with God, or a place of, and then you, you, those that are spiritual will understand what I'm talking about, those who are not will not understand what I'm talking about. There'll come a moment where you'll just suddenly feel, it feels like the presence of God is around you. And it feels like you're being recharged in a few seconds. And it feels like you're given strength. You walk out of there, your eyes are full. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's an angel that's sent to you to minister strength to you. And has just given you spiritual food and sustenance to make you keep going. It's called ministering angels. Are you guys with me? As a believer, you have an an a guardian angel. And please, a guardian angel is not new age. We just call it a guardian angel because that's just what we use as a name. But you have an angel that protects you from a young age, from when you were born. We see that in scripture. Jesus says, these ones, they're angels in heaven. And that angels never leave them. Then you have what we call a ministering angel. That ministers strength to you. That ministers to your needs. People think they clothe themselves. People think they feed themselves. People think they, they do all these things themselves. They don't understand spiritual realities. Angels are there to minister to your needs. Your physical needs. What you think is you getting a business deal and getting money in. It's angels that are opening up doors for you. But what is all this angel business? That is God's system. God sits on the throne and he never stands up. Because the moment he would stand up from his throne, another angel will take his throne. Don't think there's not rebellion in heaven. <clears throat> are you guys with me? Don't think it just happened once. The moment God will stand up, somebody else will take his throne. That's why he has to remain on his throne. And he... Put a system in that is a self-working residual system that just works and it's angels that goes and answers the prayers of believers and brings the prayers to the throne of God God would answer them and they would take the prayers back or the answer back to believers they would minister to the needs of believers angels are pivotal in the lives of believers but we call it angel worship and we don't even know, we cannot even get dressed, we can't even get clothing without God's assistance through angels. So all I'm doing is I'm just trying to make us sensitive and see spiritual realities. Is that okay? Yes. You have ministering angels. They can minister strength to you in times of weariness, in times of fatigue. They can lift you up. Then you have watchers. They do nothing except recording. You can be in a car accident, they won't stop that car. They'll just stand and record in a book. Everything. And they look, record every deed you're doing. And then they record things in heaven that God is saying about you. 
by the decree of the watchers, and we saw what happened with Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not going to get into that, by the decree of the watchers, and the voice of the Lord fell upon Nebuchadnezzar, and judgment came. But God was waiting for a voice on the earth to agree with the voice, with a decree that was made in heaven. So we have watchers. After you have watchers, you have angels for your calling. Whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or whether you have a business, you'll see why, does it, why is it that some people can flourish in business, but others, it doesn't matter what they are doing, it just doesn't work. Number one, they are outside of their grace and their calling. And number two, because they are outside of their grace, there wasn't a supply of God giving an angel that is over that business that makes things work. The Bible says there was a prince, a principality, a prince of Persia that was fighting Gabriel. And then Michael the archangel came to fight also and then they went on to fight the prince of Greece. Because there, as there are principalities and angels, it is governed, this world is governed by a system of angels that God has put in. Are you guys with me? Sometimes believers make stupid mistakes and the angels just stand there thinking, if you only, or if you only knew I'm standing here by you. What happens when you get into the word, you begin to sense the presence of the operation of the working of the spirit, but also of angels around you. And you can become sensitive. Are you guys with me? Your song won't give you this information or revelation. I understand. <laughs> so say with me burdens. Say summons. Say angels. So there are different ways, but I want to get this morning into something. Give me 20 minutes and we're going to be finished. I want to get into times and seasons. Times and seasons. As I said to you, the strength of a believer in this kingdom is to the degree of the extent of light that they carry. So the matter of light, the degree of light that someone carries will determine their strength in the kingdom of God. Go with me to Psalm 102 verse 13. I'm going to lay a few scriptures as foundation and I'm just going to give you three or four points. That's it. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Say with me, set time. So he says the time of, to favor her has come. The set time. There's something called Kairos. And there's something called Kronos. There are times and seasons in the kingdom of God. Are you guys with me? People live in the in a place of regret because they missed seasons for their lives. They missed God's timings. And they end up in a place of regret where something could have been done with their lives, whether it is business, whether it is ministry, whatever it might be, professional world, and they missed seasons and they didn't become significant. And they think it is because of their skill or because of their, but they will say, no, no, but you know, those ones are smarter than me. Those ones had education. It is not education that makes someone successful. Many of your billionaires in the world today had, didn't even finish high school. It's 
school is anyway designed to keep you as a slave. The education system as we have it today has been designed to keep the industrial age working. To keep people, if you understand the industrial age, um, when they had to get people to work in factories and they had to promise them for one case and they had to promise them all these things so that they can go nine to five and the whole education and schooling system is designed around that so when you come out of school maybe times have changed now i don't know i hope so but when you come out of school what is it i'm looking for a good job not how can i start a good business and it is designed to keep people in poverty because it puts in your mind that you have to find a good job you have to do this you have to work hard so that you can retire with a 401k or whatever they call it in South Africa, uh, you know, you have to retire with that and you have to work your whole life. And then that is owed to you. And then somebody that doesn't finish school knows how to start business. And then they own those who even went to study for their degrees and their masters. And they employ those who have their masters and they employ those who have their degrees. Unfortunately, that's how the world works. The time to favor her Say with me, set time. Set time is what we call in the Greek, kairos. It is God's appointed time. It is God's season. So you have kairos and chronos, and I'll explain that just now. But I want to say this. Go with me to, uh, go with me to a John, or, or, or not John, go with me to Luke 19 verse 41 and just keep it there. There are two places where Jesus wept in Scripture. Number one was in John 11 where his best friend Lazarus died and the Bible says Jesus wept the second time where he wept was when he was looking at the city of Jerusalem and the Bible says now as he drew near he saw the city and he wept over it why did he weep over the city listen to this next verse saying if you had known even you especially in this your day the things that make of you peace but now they are hidden from your eyes for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you surround you and close you in on every side jesus is prophesying and level you and he's giving a prophecy of judgment and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know. listen to this he says all these things will happen you'll be leveled to the ground in a graveyard simply because of one thing and the bible says that jesus is weeping because of one thing you did not know the time of your visitation say with me time time is so important it is the most expensive commodity in this life it is the only thing that cannot be bought back are you guys with me but god gives a solution but it's the only thing that cannot be bought back you never see somebody on their deathbed wishing for more things you never see somebody on their deathbed wishing that they had more material things or wishing that they have more material things at that moment or that they are more famous they wish for one more day of time time is set in by the heavens go genesis 1 14. genesis 1 14. 
Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for the days and the years. There's something you cannot change, it's time. There's something we cannot shift and that is seasons. But then there are God-appointed seasons that come upon a person's life called Kairos moments. A person might have maybe six of them as a rule in their life. More or less six. You wasted five. You got one left. You need a lot of grace. Now I'm joking, but I want us to get to the seriousness of this. Because it is people that miss times and seasons that miss things that God has for them. Go to 1 Chronicles 12 verse 32. 1 Chronicles 12 32. Of the sons of Issachar, listen to this, who had understanding of the times. They had the ability to understand the different times and seasons of God so that to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Listen to this. He says, if you have the ability to discern and understand the times and seasons, the law of times and seasons, number one, you will know what you ought to do with your life. Are you guys with me? Number two, you will command your brethren. So you will be given authority and governing command over people, over life, when you understand how to discern and understand the law of times and seasons, when you know, but wait, there's a season of God that is ahead that is coming. I discern it before it comes and I can do something. He says, when you have the ability to do that, you become a commander and a master. You'll be able to steer your life and know what to do. Are you guys with me? I keep warning our church and I say that a time of famine is coming and people need to watch their finances. They, and it's not me prophesying death. We will prophesy goodness and positivity on New Year's Eve because God will keep His people in the Goshen. But God can only really, relatively, relative, protect His people relatively to what, there must be a balance of how we steward things in the natural to God supplying the spiritual. No parent just give their children everything they want. There must be some level of stewardship. That's how God works. So when I say that we sow and we save, people mustn't understand, mustn't miss the principle of sowing in a time of famine, but they also mustn't misunderstand or miss the principle of saving. Joseph said, let's save 30%. I think it was 30%. Let's save 30% of things because a time of famine is coming but then you see Isaac sowing in a time of famine as well and we sowed as a church we're in the process I did we did yesterday and we're doing the first week of January a very large seed that the Lord spoke to us very large seed and I was wondering I was in, our, in my bathroom the other day I was watching my face and then I was asking the Lord but why are we doing this I mean we can help so many people with this money this was the first thought that came to me we can help a whole community and we do do that but then the lord said to me no 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 you need seed in the ground for what is coming he said the time that is coming 
is going to need supernatural assistance. And then you also need to save because you're going to have naturalists. You need natural assistance. But trust me, there's a time coming where you mustn't even buy a large TV unnecessary. Especially in South Africa. It's not because I'm a nigger. We're just warning. God will put warnings in prophets. Are you guys with me? And I've spoken to many major prophets. I've spoken now to to, to at least five major prophets that I'm not going to mention the names now. And uh, you will know most of them. Uh, that um, each of them, and I'm speaking of those that are international, that have written many books, that's in Kum books and all over. Every single one of them says, a famine is coming. Because what we do as prophets, we hear from the Lord. But we just bounce it off other prophets to make sure that we are on the same page. We do that. Every single one, famine is coming, famine is coming. God puts a warning in prophets to warn the church. Are you guys with me? So what are we saying to the church? Save, save and sow. Make sure you have seed in the ground. Make sure you have things you have savings don't get into debt i say it for three years don't get into debt don't get into debt don't get into unnecessary debt you know a time is going to come that's going to be hard and tough and uh, so they understood the times and because they understood the times and the seasons the sons of issachar they knew what israel ought to do you will know what you need to do with your life when god's when you have an understanding of times and seasons are you guys with me so, so time, say with me time. I want to get this concept through and I'm going to drop a few points just to make you understand this. Time is so important. It changes the function of something. It changes the outcome of something. It changes whether something is alive or dead. If a woman is, 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 is pregnant, and she gives birth after three months, it's no longer called that she gave birth. It's called that she lost a baby. But if she gives birth after nine months, it's now changed to a call to being giving birth. The one is death, the one is life. Simply because of the amount and the difference of time. Somebody that wants to be a football player, professional football player, but they are 60 years old, it is impossible for them to do so. Does not matter their skill, doesn't matter their dedication, their preparation, their passion, their fame. They cannot be a professional football player. Why? They lost out on the time and the season that there was for it. Their season might have been at age 20 or a, there was a time and the moment they missed it, they missed that opportunity. Are you guys with me? So there are times and seasons that the Lord has put in in our lives. There are kairos, so, so there are two Greek words for times. Let me get into this. Say with me, kairos, say chronos. Chronos is what we call the passage of time. It is the sequential movement of time. It is the quantitative moments of time, movements of time, meaning seconds, minutes, hours. So chronos is my watch year. It's the watch there at the back. That is Kronos time. It is the sun going down and the moon coming up. 
It is the planets going around the sun. It is time, Kronos time that God has put in. But then there's Kairos time, which is a suddenly set appointed season. It is a God appointed time. When people do not maximize their Kronos time, their natural time, and they do not prepare in their natural time, they miss the Kairos that God has for them. I'm going to say it again. How do I catch my Kronos, my, my Kairos? A lot of people pray for their day to come. Your day will come. It's programmed in. It's set in heaven. Are you guys with me? Go with me to Ecclesiastics 9.11. Is it 9.11? Listen to this. Ecclesiastics 9.11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. He says the, the one who wins the race is not the fastest. The one who wins the battle is not the strongest. The bread is not to the wise. The one that has wisdom doesn't eat. Nor riches to men of... And he says riches doesn't come to the one who has understanding. Favor doesn't come to the one who has skill. But, say with me, but. Time and chance happens to them all. He says because somebody is successful is not because they are the best. It is not because they are the strongest. They are somebody stronger than them. There is somebody stronger than as faster than Usain Bolt. They have just not been given the time and chance yet. Are you guys with me? So People pray for their day to come, their day of appearing to come. Or they want to make their own day of appearing. And they get there and they embarrass themselves. Because they have not prepared and maximized their time in Kronos. The time that God has given them to study, to prepare for the Kairos. What is a Kairos? It is an exam in the Spirit. There are seasons and exams. Or there are, se there are exams in schooling with students. I think it is still record exam and final exam. I think so. Those two exams are your most important. That if you fail them, it will determine the rest of your life. If you pass them, it will determine the rest of your life. So if you are a good student with common sense, you would find that all students during that time, they study harder than another time. They sleep less. Why? They know there's an exam coming. And they know the thing is going to change everything about their next season. Seasons. So it is in the spirit. There are times and there are seasons. The battle does not belong to the strong. God is saying you don't have to be strong to win this battle. You don't have to be somebody of understanding to have riches. You don't have to be somebody that is wise or skillful to have favor. You don't are wise to have bread. You, yes, we understand those things work, but the, the fastest one doesn't win this race. He says, I will bring everyone in this building. will have a time, a chance, and an opportunity come to them. The question is, are they prepared for it? Do they seize that moment? And God will shut those doors out of mercy. You see, or let me say it like this before I get to that. A season will open up for you when God brings a destiny helper to you. 
He makes you meet a person that helps you with something or opens up a door for you. And if you miss that season because you are dull of hearing, your faculties of discernment are not sensitive and you think, this is just a normal person in my life. Yet, in two years later, that person leaves. But they could have opened up major doors. But because you were not sensitive to the dealings and the operations of the Spirit of God and, and the things of life, you just treated this person like normal. Where you were supposed to get treasures out of them. You just wanted to drink coffee with them and just uh, talk nonsense. And you fail to understand the importance of a moment that God gives. And God will give moments in each person's life to rescue them out of a situation. So when you're not prepared for a big stage, or when you're not prepared for a big moment, God will shut that door. You will think nothing is happening in your life, but God is saving you. Because He knows you didn't prepare in your chronos. And if that door opens for you, it'll become a curse and not a blessing. Are you guys understand what I'm saying? So God shuts that door, gives you mercy to, to, gives you mercy to say, okay, go into another season of chronos, of operation, of, of, of maximizing your chronos. Prepare yourself. How do you prepare yourself? If you're called as an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, in the words, in prayer. Every time I prophesy over somebody, I'm practicing my gift also. Are you guys with me? People think I know everything. No, no, no. I'm standing, I'm prophesying, I'm practicing my gift. You prepare in the, in the word. So when people laugh at Christians and say, you prepare too much, you pray too much, you read the word too much. No, no, no. You don't understand. I have a season that is coming up. I have a Kairos moment that is coming up. Where angels are going to record what I'm doing. Where Jesus is going to be watching what I'm doing. And I'm not going to miss my day of visitation. I'm not going to miss this or not discern my day of visitation. You must feel when that moment is coming. But until that moment when you're feeling, you have to prepare every day for it. Are you guys with me? This is how serious this is. And people have missed, mo I've seen people miss ministry. I've seen, and then what happens is when they miss that door, because either they're not preparing or they're listening to other voices or they get taken out of the church because they open up their ears to other voices. Now God has to recycle their Kronos and recycle their Kairos. And I've seen with my own eyes how somebody has missed a season and somebody has gotten a season or when they missed a season and then they came back and they received another season. A person with an angel visited me yesterday and spoke to me about somebody. It was about somebody who missed their season. And then told me, he's ministering strength to them. And they're given another opportunity of something that is happening. There are seasons and times. Time is so important that Hezekiah found the, how do you buy back time? How do you buy back time? 
you cannot first of all um, but you can so chronos time cannot be brought back but god is the changer he's the lord of time so when there's a crying out for mercy you see time being given back king hezekiah the prophet isaiah says to him get your house in order you're going to die he turns to the wall and he begins to cry out for god's mercy and remind god what he has done for him and god says to isaiah go back to him tell him there's so many years added onto his life he just purchased back time that's chronos by the way the bible goes i think it's ephesians 5 verse 16. I just put on ephesians 5 16. it says redeeming the time because the days are evil Paul says redeeming the time because the days are evil the word there redeeming the time first the time there is not chronos it's kairos so it says redeeming the season of God but the word redeeming means to buy back so when you miss a season of God for your life you have the ability to buy back that season but how do you do it it's crying out for God's mercy number two it's where King David says teach me O Lord to number my days are, are you guys with me to number my days meaning to calculate and take every second every minute serious with purpose people don't prosper because they're lazy that's the simple thing I'm just going to be straight out. I've been with people who don't prosper and they're lazy. And then I've been with people who prosper and they're not lazy. That is the ugly truth that people don't want to hear. So it is to know that every day counts. There's watchers that are standing and recording everything I do. Every minute, every second, every hour calculates whether I'm going to grab the opportunity of a Kairos moment that comes my time or my way or not. So you might be called as a revivalist or as an apostle, as a prophet, but you never start off as one. You start off by cleaning the church, washing the pooper of the one that is prophesying. I'm serious. Dishing up food. Stephen, you're a great evangelist in the Bible you're going to be a mighty evangelist yet go and serve tables then people are wondering but why am I not getting no no this is how it works how you maximize your chronos you get into the word you get into prayer you maximize every moment you give your all to something while you can you see redeeming the time give me the scripture while it says where Jesus says while it's day Something like that. Give me the scripture. We work while it's day. Um, so, he says, redeeming the time. Sorry? John 9, 4. Put on John 9, 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. It's not speaking of day and night as we know it. It's speaking of a spiritual day and night. 
while you can now while you don't have children give your all and everything to God because the moment you have your first child it might be triplets then your time is over are you guys with me but people waste time they waste their youthfulness they waste their ability to where God has given them so much time luxury or ability to press in they waste that then when the evil day comes when night comes they cry and God is saying but I've given you so much time of preparation so while it is you have time while a famine is not here prepare give your everything to God because there's a moment when God announces you the problem is people want to announce themselves listen King David never prepared for the palace in the palace King David prepared for the palace before he was in the palace when he was rejected when nobody knew he was a king when he was on the backside of the when he was killing the bear killing the lion that was where he was preparing and then a moment came on him that was unplanned a kairos while he was taking his lunch to his brothers you see people you'll get some people they'll never get serious with God until you tell them you're preaching tomorrow Bibles open lexicons open they pray through the night they they repent of every sin I mean why don't you repent <laughs> why don't you repent before that you know they get so serious with God why they know this I cannot blow this the thing is op seasons don't come here it can come when you're on an airplane meeting a certain person David didn't know his life would change while he's taking lunch to his brothers imagine he had an attitude he's like I'm not gonna take lunch to my brothers he would never be king think of it Joseph when Joseph was in the prison what did he do in prison he interpreted everybody's dreams not just the to but, the butler and the baker everybody's dreams he trained his gift for years prophesying over all of them then they forget about him and all this stuff he gets out Pharaoh calls him what did Joseph do Joseph didn't go to Pharaoh and complained and said you know what Potiphar put me in prison falsely I am not guilty if he did that he would have lost everything but he discerned this is a moment I will never be able to have again in my life so he prepared in prison he was prepared in season out of season not knowing that that moment is going to come but he prepared so that when he stands in front of the king he could be discerning he could interpret dreams but then the bible says that he shaved himself he dressed himself he cleaned himself up why he knew he's entering into a kairos that he has to give his best to seize that moment if he defended himself he would have been killed but because he put his pride down he humbled himself and he grabbed a hold of the opportunity not being selfish or thinking of trying to defend myself and I'm not guilty and this and that. people some people when they get opportunity in front of great men all they do is just speak about their troubles you're in front of a great person 
Wisdom will, is what destroys people, lack of wisdom. Are you guys with me? So Joseph knew if I could be in front of Pharaoh, that when I get there, he discerned that this is a season in his life that is going to change everything. He didn't know it was going to appear there while he was in prison. David didn't know the season that will change his life will be while he's taking lunch to his brothers. His brothers who mocked him. His brothers that hated him. He's taking lunch to them. And he becomes king right there. He slays Goliath. Are you guys with me? Say with me times and seasons. God respects time so much that when he works on this earth, with people he has to work in time. I'm going to say it again. Put, put John 6, 1, John 9, wherever we were on right now. Jesus, how many of you know Jesus is God? He says these words, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. So Jesus is saying he couldn't do the works of God in a certain season, but only in one season. I thought he's God. Jesus died once, but he prepared his whole life for it. He understood the importance of a moment. He said the whole time, my time has not come. And then when he got closer, he said, my time has come. If you can know your time and your seasons, you will be successful. Great men are great because they've discerned times and seasons in their lives. They knew when things was important and when things were not important. Are you guys with me? Are people with me? <laughs> Go there, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. I'll close now. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. In an acceptable time. Say with the acceptable time. In a kairos, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Do you know that there are kairos moments? Have you ever felt seasons in your life where it just feels like God hears you? And then other seasons where it feels like you're so far away from you praying and your prayers just hit the roof. God is saying, in a kairos, I hear you. I'm not saying he doesn't hear you. Just listen to me prophetically. There are seasons where it just feels like you can talk to the Lord and he hears. Those are seasons not to neglect. That means there's a serious kairos at work, at working. Are you guys with me? It means God is, God's hand is on you. When you feel His presence a lot in your life, when you don't, you are dull of hearing, full of carnality, you need to repent. But there's moments where you just, you feel like you're full. You feel like you're just sensitive. You're being drawn to, those are seasons to take serious. It is the hand of God on you for a certain specific purpose or a moment. Are you guys with me? Go with me to uh, Hebrews 3.15. Hebrews 3.15. Listen to this. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Say with me today. It's time. Listen here. 
in time and in seasons that God works. He says, listen, I need you to hear my words today. Today is not 24 hours there. The word today there means right now, the season of now. So there are three things. Let me close with this. There are three things for us to, to do to maximize time. To take a hold of the chronos that we've been given so that we can capitalize and seize the kairos that God has for us. As I say, you don't need to announce yourself. God will announce you. But God will wait till you have maximized your chronos. Because some are saying, but why is God not announcing me? I've been waiting my whole life. You haven't maximized your chronos. So God has closed doors for your mercy so that it doesn't destroy you. Are you guys with me? I was asked to preach at a place and I wasn't ready. And the Lord told me, and I, and I said to the person, I said, no, I can't. They said, but this person is going to be there. And this, I said, I'm not ready to meet them. Because if I meet them while I'm not ready or while it's premature or too early, I might only have one opportunity. You, you see, you only have one good name or first impressions lost. So now I meet this great person and uh, it's blown because during that season I was sick and I said, look, no, 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 the anoint, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do this now. No, but the Holy Spirit is with you and God is, I said, no, you don't understand things. I said, I will be with your church in four years time. And it's a big church. Because I am too sensitive to know that I don't want to waste an opportunity that God gives. I'll rather delay it than to be hungry for it and waste it. A lot of people are so hungry for their day of appearance, their day of announcing. John the Baptist was hidden in the wilderness for 30 years until the day of his manifestation. Hidden. Jesus was, and because John was hidden, didn't mean he wasn't a prophet. He was a prophet. It didn't mean he was not a prophet. He was just hidden. You have a day of appearing that God will bring to you if you maximize your chronos to the fullest. Are, are you guys with me? And the things of the spirit here is so crucial. It is so crucial because the Holy Spirit is in believers who can give them understanding of times and seasons where unbelievers don't have that they go according to their gut feeling the only problem is unbelievers sometimes has more understanding than believers because you see the wise men or the magi sent from Herod understood the times and the seasons more than some believers and they knew where Jesus was when he was coming they could understand things more than believers believers are like oh. They don't even know if Jesus is walking in a church or not. When the glory comes, it's like my inner man is so sensitive. I know when angels are here or when Jesus is visiting. And Jesus visits churches. Trust me, I can go into scripture. He visits churches to see what is going on in that church. And then he gives rewards or he gives rebukes. He physically visits churches and walks. He was, we have a photo where his face was here. Whether you believe it or not, we don't cook up things. If we cooked up things, we would have cooked up a lot of things already. 
we would have done it properly. Okay. <laughs> so his face appeared here. People are going, oh, but it's a photo. No, no, no. You don't understand the realities of the spiritual. The spiritual, realms work, the spiritual realm works with light particles. A camera works with light particles. Why do you think angels are caught on camera? Light. Light that goes forth and bounces off. So the moment an angel is standing there just physically or just manifesting a little bit more substance, light bounces off it, which the naked eye could not see, but a camera could pick it up with light. Are you guys with me? It's the photizo of God. Light, that's where we get photo from. So three things I must do to maximize time. Number one, say I need discernment. It says that the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times. You must discern your time and your seasons. You must feel in the spirits. Your faculties of discernment must be awakened to know but wait. There's something on my life or you know with us, with me personally, God would always work with the seed. And I'm not here to take up an offering. We're here to give away this service and the next one. But God would always work with me. You know, I would be in a service and God would begin to stir my heart. And the moment I know that God gives, oh God stirs my heart to give, I know my heart is still close to Him. Why has God blessed our church? We can be blessed more. I'm just saying. We can be blessed more. Don't think now, hey, this church doesn't need anything. No, 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 no. Uh, times are changing. Um, it's, you know... Uh, but in the beginning, oh my goodness, we were just blessed. We didn't know what happened. We started the church and money was just going like this. <laughs> I have friends that has mega churches that up to this day don't even get what we get in. And God has excelled us. And I was wondering, but I, you know, because every time there would be seasons in my life where God would come and tell me, now you begin to give and you give a lot. And I would respond to it. doesn't matter how foolish it works. You see, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe. But to us, it is the power of God. Spiritual things will always sound foolish to a natural man. A spiritual man can, be, can look very slow in his um, things. And people are like, but why don't you take this opportunity? No, 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 he's spiritual. I will rather crawl with God than run with the devil. When the devil, the devil wants to put you in a speed and a haste, every think about all the mistakes you've made. Most of them were made because you were in a rush. Even when it comes to us with the church, for me, when there's things in a rush, I feel this is the flesh, it's not God. And I pull back. But when he begins to move on me to give big, I know that my heart is still sensitive to his voice. And I know God is only doing that. It's a burden that comes on me because of something big he's going to do. And I've done it too many times in my life to disobey that voice. To know that something, or to know that nothing is, uh, I've done it too many times not to know that something great is going to happen. So number one, what do I do to maximize chronos? Say with me to discern. My spiritual sensitive, I have to be sensitive and I cannot do it without the word. Number two, I must study the nature of the dealings of the spirit. This is important. I must study the nature of the dealings of the spirit in me. So God will do certain things in your life that will be signs to you of, of season changes.
Are you understand? You're not understanding what I'm saying. Um, God will. There are things to me that God shows me, feelings He gives me, that I know a season is changing, but that might not be the same for you. But the only way I know that for me is because I've been studying the operations of the Spirit in my life. Are you guys with me? Most believers have not trained their faculty of discernment to be able to sense the working of the Spirit in their lives. They have not get into this word that trains their faculty. They think, I must just, I must do something with my body to be, no, that's new age nonsense. The way you train your body, the way you train your faculties of discernment is the way, is the way you get into this word. This word is alive. When you eat it and you eat it and you eat it and you eat it, all of a sudden you'll discern things that you've not discerned before. It is a life. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is not just a book. It is a living entity. It is a piece of the log. It is the logos. It is the piece. It is the graphite. It is a written part of the logos of the mind of God. Are you guys with me? By this word, the frames of the earth has been put into place. By this word, creation was created. There's no way it cannot change your life. By reading it, just reading it daily, discernment will, you will know what business to take and what not to take. Somebody else might be like, uh, I don't, you know, I must now pray. You don't even need to pray about a situation. You will know. Because your spirit is strained. You see, most people have aborted destinies because they didn't maximize Kronos and they didn't understand the spiritual sensitivity in their spirits. They aborted their destinies because they missed Kairos. They missed the seasons. Even my, and I don't think anybody is perfect in that. I know where I've missed seasons. There was two seasons in my life that I know I missed. It is not so bad to miss something. It is worse to miss it and not know it. Rather let it be a teacher to you than you just living. I was speaking to a preacher and I was just rebuking them. Because they live in a mosque. Oh brother, everything is good. I said, listen, can, can you just stop with all this? If everything is not good. You did one, two, three. And you, know, you can't just say everything is good. I'm speaking of personal issues. I said, you did one, two, three, and we need to fix this. Because otherwise it's pretense. And preachers have, listen, do you know it is not easy to preach to an empty church? People think, oh, but this pre... <laughs> people, people think, um, it's, oh, this preacher is just into numbers. You do it. It is not easy. It breaks your heart. It breaks your spirit. It makes you question your call. Everything. So preachers, the anointing begins to fade on their lives. Or th just things begin to happen. Whatever it is. Maybe just normal economical stuff. Whatever. But the church begins to go empty. So now they begin to live and put a pretentious mask on. To pretend everything is okay. And they never deal with the source. They never admit I said to one person, I said, this preacher need to acknowledge what they've done. And they need to acknowledge what they've done is wrong. And that, you know, 
I, I, I spoke to the person because I said, I'm going to let them know our standards. This is where I stand. So they know they're not going to, if they're going to keep on doing this, this is our standard. I can't give you the situation, but it is just that people live with this mask of pretentiousness. Every, hallelujah, brother. Yes, hallelujah. You're younger than me. Why are you talking like that? It's a religious spirit. And that religion is there to blind you. And that's why nothing is growing. Number three. So number one was discerning. Number two is study the methods of this operations of the spirit. Number three, preparation. So with the preparation. Preparation is key. How do I prepare? I get into the words. I get into fasting. I prepare myself with whatever business it is. I put myself as if it is an exam of life that I'm studying. That if I miss this, it's something that I can never get back. It's time that I can never get back. Time is the most expensive commodity. That if I've missed seasons in my life, I need to cry out for mercy to the Lord of time. To give back time. There are demons that are sent to eat your time. Are you guys with me? Go with me to the scripture. I think it is Joel somewhere. Is it Joel chapter number 2 verse uh, 25? I think, yeah. 24, 25. Joel 2, listen to me. There, Satan understands the importance of time. Next verse. Go one verse back. One verse back. Okay, next. I was just looking for something. Forward. One forward. Listen to this. One forward. 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent to listen. He says, I will restore to you the years that this evil spirit has come in, this demon has come in to eat your time and your years. The devil understands the importance of time and he distracts people from the thing that they need to be focused on and he steals time from them. He doesn't have to steal things. He doesn't have to steal money. He doesn't have to steal people. All he does is steals time. Are you guys with me? So spirits are sent in to destroy. They eat your time up. And when you wake up, it's 20 years later. It's 30 years later. And you realize, you say, oh God, if I can only have that time back. If I can only be young again. Say with me, Kairos. Say Kronos. Say times and seasons. Stand to your feet where you are. I pray that the Lord of time will grant you back, will bring a restoration of times and seasons upon your life. Raise your hands to the Lord. Raise your hands to the Lord. Say with me, say, I receive restoration of years lost, of time lost in Jesus' name. Give me a sensitivity 
for times and seasons in Jesus name to cease Kairos moments a set time for my life say with me say Heavenly Father restore back recycle Kairos moments in my life extend my Kronos let me maximize my Kronos in Jesus name I receive time, chance, and opportunity in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give a praise offering, church.